Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In the film, The Intense Now is based on found footage, amateur footage shot in 19, in China in 1966 during the first and most radical stage of the Cultural Revolution. The film was was made by our, the director, Shua Sales's mother, on her trip to China, this archival footage alongside a footage of from the 1968 student uprising in France and in the Soviet repression in Czechoslovakia, as well as the military dictatorship's repression in Brazil formed the basis of this wonderful and amazing, really truly in so many ways amazing documentary called In the Intense Now. We're joined today by the director of In the Intense Now, Shoa Sales. Shoa, welcome to Film School. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. And I, 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 uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the film. It is... Uh, uh, a, a wonderful way for people who did not live through this particular era uh, in world history to have an idea of the different dynamics in place. It was so many things in place here. Tell me what led to your decision to move forward with this this film project. Well, as you said, it started with the footage I found from my mother's trip to China in 1966. So I knew about the trip, but... Uh, I never, I didn't see the images up until 10 years ago when I just found them. And then I also found uh, kind of a, a diary she wrote during the trip. And putting words and images together, what struck me was the sheer happiness uh, that my mother expressed by, by being there, which is something that she lost in time. Mm -hmm. And uh, in, of course, May 68 in France had a strong Maoist influence. Uh, major intellectuals and militants were Maoists. Sartre was one of them, Godard was another one. So there was a kind of a political connection between uh, what you were seeing in 66 in China and what occurred in France in 68. And as it happens, my family was living in, in Paris in 68 also. Uh, in 64, there was a military coup in Brazil. My father worked for the for the deposed government, so we left Brazil. I was really very young. I don't recall anything, but uh, we were there in '68, so there was also a biographical connection. And I started to read the memoirs of uh, militant students, uh, activists who uh, who took part in the events of May of '68, and there I found kind of a how can I say that, a certain kind of uh, existential dynamic which, 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 which was in, in a sense uh, related to, to, to the one my mother lived, I mean, the, the fact that she was completely in the now uh, in, in China and the intensity of what she was seeing was, was, was also hers. And, and in France, uh, if you read the memoirs of those people who took part in the events, there's always this sense of sheer happiness and, and the fact that you know that you're agent of history, that you're driving uh, history forward, that uh, you, you suddenly become also part of 
something that is much bigger than yourself. You kind of uh, there's a there's a there's a collective brotherhood or sisterhood with your with your brethren, and 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 you go out into the streets, and the sense of being of being immense suddenly yeah. uh, is something that occurs in all the memoirs, and the opposite of that also you find in the memoirs. When that fades away, you are back to your own limits, to your own small uh, uh, space in history. And and that's when perplexity, sadness, unhappiness sets in. So mm-hmm. happiness, engagement, and then the sense that uh, this feeling of wholeness just is not there anymore. And what do you do now to find sense in, in the world? And that's basically what I try to tackle in the film. Yeah. Uh, well, it, you know, I can imagine it's sort of the exhilaration of possibility that comes yeah. with that discovery yeah. that yeah. you have as a collective and as an individual, you have power. And yeah. that, is that not a fair way to put it? That's, that's perfect. You have power and uh, you're not alone. <laughs> right. Uh, and and, and you're, a, you're not passive. Uh, uh, facing history, you, you know you're an agent of it. You're you, you're building history, mm-hmm. and that's very powerful, yeah. extremely powerful. Now, your mom was not particularly political, but arriving no. arriving in China at the 1966 at the height, sort of in many ways, the height of the Cultural Revolution in China. What's impressive about the film that we see is how, in the sort of a, a meta way, we see all of the trappings of the of the Cultural Revolution, but in the film that that she shot, we also see such such a, a personal behind the curtain look at what what China was in that particular moment. Um, tell us what what is it that brought her to China? I don't remember exactly what was it that prompted her to be in China at that time. I'm not sure <laughs> uh, because when I when I made the film, she had already passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I the information I have that this was a trip organized by uh, a French magazine, an art magazine, very high-end, and it would organize those cultural trips, uh, just as today you can go to any place in the world via the New York Times or National Geographic, you just pay them and they take you there mm. with, 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 with the specialist. So I guess uh, she organized that trip uh, in 65, and it took a whole year to, uh, to put the thing together. And when she arrived there, it was a different China. It was a China of the, of, of the Cultural Revolution, which had actually started, if I'm not wrong, in May, and she got there in, in, in August. So, uh, and that's one of the things that struck me. My mother, as you said, was not political. In fact, she was, uh, she was quite conservative. She was born in Brazil in a very conservative state, in the United States, I would say something like, I don't know, Texas or Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and she was deeply Catholic. And yet, when she gets there, she's not critical of what she sees. I mean, she has, she has some remarks on the excesses of, 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 of what she's seeing of the revolution. But overall, uh, her take is quite positive. And, and that was something that struck me because uh, she was open enough to to see uh, beauty where I think that most people coming from where she came would only see uh, the negative side so mm-hmm. there was a kind of a generosity to her gaze that I that I that that moved me uh, uh, 
I, I, I didn't expect that actually. When when I found when I found what she wrote about about her trip, I said, well, this will be just a litany of the horrors of communism, and it's just it's not that at all. I mean, as you can see in the yeah, film. Yeah. Well, there's a line uh -huh. there's a line in the in the in the film. Uh, that's something to the effect, and I'm probably going to butcher this a little bit, that the <laughs> cultural revolution impressed on the senses before the mind, and um, and I think that says a lot. This was actually written by uh, by by Moravia, an Italian uh, writer who went to 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 and who and who was a communist at that time, and who and who went to China at the same time that she did, and also wrote a book about it. Mm -hmm. My mother didn't write a book, but wrote about it also, and it's very. It's very interesting to compare the uh, point of view of, uh, of a political engaged intellectual like Moravia and hers. Uh, there are some striking differences, but in both of them there is a sense of accepting with an open eye and a generous mind what they're seeing for the first time, yeah. and acknowledging that this is radically different from, any, from everything that they know and they they are unable to understand all its uh, subtleties because they they're not from there and 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 also acknowledging that what they're seeing is just momentous yeah. and I think that uh, Moravia and 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 my mother both have this this keen sense that what they're seeing is out of the ordinary and it's an important moment in history. Yes, absolutely. One of my listeners were speaking with Joao uh, Sales. He's the director of the film In the Intense Now. It's a documentary film that is screening here in Los Angeles. We'll get to the details of that in just a minute. Um, and that is really among the things we're talking about. Obviously, your mother has experienced her time in China and, and how this sort of, throughout the film, it's what's so impressive about it is this ability to take the intimate and to be able to extrapolate the experience of many through the eyes of people like Danielle Cohen Benet, if I'm saying that correctly, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, and and throughout the film, the 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 brave filmmakers who shot the the scenes in Czechoslovakia, it is the beauty of art, it's the beauty of film, but it's also this personal. And, and, and a magnification and an understanding of, of the macro, if you will, of what's going on in their yeah. lives. Um, so let's let's talk about France. Obviously, the, from an American perspective, there was a lot going on in 1968. But what is what I was so uh, taken with in the film was I didn't understand at the time the magnitude of what was going on in France. It just seemed remote and, and out of the reach of what I understood. But in your film... You have a real sense in this one month the incredible impact that these students had on France and French culture at that time. Yeah, it's still the the, the largest strike in French history. Uh, at least, I mean, the numbers vary depending on who's counting. But it, between uh, eight and ten million workers went went into strike, uh, and and France actually stopped, basically stopped. And for a very brief moment in time, students and, and workers were, were aligned, were, were together in a very generous uh, uh, movement of uh, leaving the universities where only privileged kids would, would, would enter, go into the factories, uh, and, and, and hope that, that workers would go into uh, the universities in, a, in, a, in the end of the, this, this, this um, idea of 
there's intellectual work and then there's 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 there's, there's work work manual work. I mean, just eliminating that that sense of uh, a society in which people are apart. And for for a very brief moment in in, in time in May, it was a it was a dream that that was actually uh, becoming reality in front of in front of their eyes. It didn't take long. <laughs> it, it took about I don't know, three weeks up until the government came back uh, with force and make came came to an end and but uh, if 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 they lost politically at that moment uh, some of the seeds that the movement planted in the French soil were 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 going to bloom in in the next decades uh, feminism uh, uh, workers' rights, uh, gay rights, anti-immigrant feelings, and 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 racism would come to the fore and become a national discussion. Universities would become more open. So the 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 sense of the sense of of, of loss and of, of sadness that you can you can sense from June onwards is uh, this. This difference between historical time and biographical time. Biographical time is really short. You, you 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 see the possibilities of history, and suddenly those possibilities close, and you and you and you feel that you have lost. But yet, underground things are moving, and and France would change uh, forever because of '68. But in a very slow, slow time, slow pace. Yeah. And if you're there on the streets. Uh, and suddenly um, you go back to your house and there's no movement anymore and there's no solidarity anymore and the gold is back in power and and the right wins as it did uh, uh, electro uh, uh, in, 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 in the elections that came just after the movement you feel that you have lost and you don't have the perspective to see that in time everything that you did in the streets will pay out in some way in the future and I think that we're living times that, that are very similar to that. Yes. In the United States, with Trump and, and, and Occupy and Me Too, and, and in Brazil in 2013, we had huge movements to, to demanding change, and what we got is an impeachment of a sitting president. And yet things are moving here as they are moving in the, in, in, in the U.S., I think. Yeah. Uh, the pace of Change is different from your hopes. Uh, they move far, far faster, <laughs> and and you don't have the patience to wait for history to change. But it does. It I does. Think. It does. I agree with you, and I, I do think yeah. that that we're often, uh, you know, we have the benefit. Some of us have the benefit of seeing uh, the context and the contours of history. Of being around a little while, you understand, and it becomes clearer and clearer. The dynamics are involved in any time you challenge a power structure of any kind. There is the initial burst of energy. There is the pushback. There is the sort of retrenchment. Then, you know, these things. But over time, you're right. I think there's someone said, um, I don't know, even know who said it, but uh, uh, revolution and change seem impossible until they happen. And then it was inevitable. And I yeah. and I yeah. and I think there there's some there's something in that and there's something in this in this film that that speaks to that. Yeah. No. I think I think. Or at least I hope you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Right. Uh, I, <laughs> yes, me too. Um, now, now, obviously, there there are a lot of themes, and we I could spend a long, long time talking to you about all the different things that are explored in this uh, in this film, the in the intense now. But I'm just going to uh, uh, hit a couple of things that I was struck by during the students. Uh, uh, uprising in France, and, and again, I think it's a theme that carries forward in the other parts of the film, and that is there's a point at which somebody says, or it's re- referred to, that disorder allows for people to, to speak freely, uh, and, yeah. I, and, and I think that, that how, do you, how do you feel about that? Well, this, this is one of the main things of May in, in Paris. Suddenly, everybody who never had a voice suddenly was able to, to speak. And, and if you see the footage, it's just a conversation fest. <laughs> People uh, went up to neighbors and to, uh, to, to strangers and just started to speak, just, just decided to say what they always wanted to say but never had the power to do. Uh, so, so there's a scene which, uh, which, is, which is actually shot by an American, William Klein, and it's it's inside a theater, very magnificent theater in France, in Paris, L'Odéon, which uh, was occupied. And you have the scene in which a waiter suddenly speaks out, saying that he, for his whole life, he tried to be something, and the system didn't allow him to be what he wanted to be. And 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 he's speaking to intellectuals. He's speaking to the audience. They're intellectuals. They're the writers, the the actors, uh, uh, probably students, probably philosophers, and you sense that this guy is speaking his mind for the first time, and he's doing so because May allowed him to do so, and uh, and, and this is one of the characteristics of this of these movements in which. Um, suddenly the powerless have power. Yeah. And it doesn't last long, as I say, but the fact that at some point they were able to say what they could never say before is extremely powerful. And it changes the, not only the person who speaks, but also the person who listens. Yes. Uh, let me give you an example, a concrete example here in Brazil, again, 2013, Two million people out into the streets, and suddenly you had the favelas, the, the poor neighborhoods, the violent places in Brazil. People coming out of these places and suddenly speaking, speaking their hearts, their, their hearts out, and and suddenly they, they they realize that they have power. Their words have power, and uh, they will not be silent again. And I think this is one of the main gifts of those kinds of movements. I'm glad you touched on Brazil. Facing the silence of those who were silent before. Right. I'm glad you touched on, on Brazil, obviously, the where, you, where your parents were, were from and, uh, and, and how that, uh, that dynamic changed in 1964 for them, that they having to leave the country to be displaced from, their, from the place that they grew up. Um, I want to ask, ask you about the the idea of, or I want to ask you about how this film, making of this film, and reconnecting with your mo- with your mom's words and and, mm-hmm. the, and the images that uh, shot. How has this film impacted you and your life in terms of your perception of your family, perception of your mom, and you as a filmmaker? How is this? How is it, How has the intense now 
uh, impacted your life? Very, a very good question, especially my mother. So uh, when my mother passed away, we were far apart. She, as I, as, I, as I said at the beginning, she became increasingly disengaged from the world, uncurious and sad, extremely sad, pathologically sad. Mm -hmm. And it was very hard to deal with her. So when she, when she uh, passed away, uh, we, were, we were very estranged. And uh, the film uh, was a way, not consciously, but I, I'm sure this is what happened by doing the film, by thinking about her, and going back to a period where she was the opposite of my memory of her, uh, because she was completely in the moment, in the world, uh, generous and curious and, 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 and happy to be alive, it brought her back to me in a sense. Uh, it's, it's hard to... Those things are hard to explain, especially in a language that I don't speak so well. <laughs> but it's... it's, it's uh, uh, the film was screened a couple of months ago in Lisbon, and someone at the end of the Q&A asked me something that made me think. Uh, the person noticed that at the beginning I referred to my mother in the film, there's a narration in the film, first-person narration, I referred to her as my mother. So my mother went there, my mother saw that, my mother wrote, my mother said. At the end, uh, at the very last sequence of the film, which is also her last sequence of the film, where she appears, I use the term in Portuguese, mamãe. And mamãe in English is mum. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had never realized that, but it's as if the, the, the journey of the film, so to speak, is one in which I allow myself to go from my mother to mum. Uh, and, and, and this is this is something that made me feel um, well, good. It was it was it was a good feeling to be able again to say mamãe without it sounding artificial or wrong or undeserved. So um, that's not the reason why I made the film, but that's one of the consequences of the film. Just wanted to. Uh, say something about the beginning of your question. I don't want to put my family in the same, in the same uh, 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 category as truly true exiles of the Brazilian dictatorship. People who engaged against the government were, 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 were sent to prison, were tortured. This didn't happen with my family. My father, in fact, was also a, a, a conservative person politically, and yet he served a very progressive government, which is the government that was deposed in 64. So out of caution, more than anything else, he thought that we should leave the country. But there was no, there was no, we cannot compare our experience to the experience of truly uh, political prisoners and, 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 and militants that, that paid a heavy price to when they decided to oppose an illegitimate government. Mm. So that's not that's not the situation of my family. I just want to make this clear. Okay. Well, I, I uh, want to just commenting on your your this sort of journey you took uh, in the film um, in regards to 
your perceptions and your feelings about your mom and how that played out. I think one of the things about life that's taught me is that one of the sort of steps in the process of becoming a better person is seeing your parents as people as as opposed to just your parents and, and all those things. Mm-hmm. That, and being able to kind of step back and see them, if you were to meet them on the street, what would your impressions be of them? And to be able to incorporate that into the love you have for them, I think is a it's a real step in, in a direction that I think we all need to be be at when we think of our parents and our and our siblings and all the rest of it. Yeah, you might it's a hard thing to do though, right? Yeah. It can be. It can be. So, well, this is, again, I, w- I want to congratulate you on the film In the Intense Now. The film is screening here in Los Angeles today as we speak at the Music Hall 3 in Los Angeles. Uh, you can go to the Icarus film, film site, to fi- IcarusFilms.com, to find out more about the film and about where it's playing. And it has been a real honor. It's a really wonderful documentary, wonderful film. Um, and thank you so much. Shaw Salis for being here on Film School. Mike, a pleasure to speak to you and to your listeners. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.